Shalom, everybody. Welcome to this week's share on Shimshon. We shall be going through the Prakim in Sefer Shoftim, and we shall start with the Perek of the beginning of Shimshon, which is Perek Yudgimo. Now, since this week's Prakim are the later Prakim, Prakim of Tedzain, and so on and so forth, this, uh, we're actually starting from Tetvav, actually. Tetvav, Tetzain. Today is supposed to be Tetzain. We shall start nonetheless with Parakut Gimel, just uh, to get a, a, a general understanding of where we're standing with Shimshon. So first of all, Shimshon is a very unique character. We don't find many Nizirim. Ah, welcome. We're starting with the story of Shimshon. So you're lucky we just started. Shimshon is a very unique character because Shimshon is a Nazir. What is a Nazir? What are the main characteristics of a Nazir? No wine. No wine. Can't cut your hair. And Tumaratar. So first of all, there's a very direct correlation between the Nazir and the Kohen. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. What of those three things can the Kohen not do? He can't do Tumar, that's for sure. He can't drink on the job, which is important. And interestingly enough, he has to cut his head up. The opposite of a Nazir. So we see the Kohen is similar to a Nazir. There's another connection. The Nazir, yeah, well, the Nazir has to cut his hair at the end. Uh, that's for sure. They're a holy man to a certain degree. They're dedicating their life to Hashem. But interestingly enough, what does Nezer mean? A peak. Huh? Not like a... So Nezer means crown. Means? Crown, crown. Uh, and uh, the Nazir, the Nezer, Nezer Hashem al the, the crown of the Nazir is his hair. Some kind of halo, some kind of crown. And the opposite is true with the Kohen, who, is called, who has a Nezer, which is the Tzitz, which is also called Nezer. Now, interestingly enough, there is a very interesting polemic because what does Nazir mean in modern day Hebrew? The other kind? A monk. A monk, exactly. Please define for me a monk. Shaved head. Shaved head, interesting, yeah. Isolated. Sorry, isolated. Exactly. The definition of a monk is someone who is, the official celibate. word is celibate, exactly. Now, interestingly enough, in Judaism, there is no celibacy, by definition. Even the people that you'd expect to be celibate are not celibate. The Nazir, someone who se- tries to separate himself from the world, right? The Gemara says, Nazir nikra choteh. Someone who's a Nazir is a choteh. Why? Because he is removing himself, disengaging himself from the pleasures of this world, and that is a chet. But, interestingly enough, nothing to do with relations. Even stronger than that, there's even a Gemara that says, why is this, the parashia of Nazir directly after the parashia of Sota? What's the parashia of Sota? The Exactly, so breaks Yehud, a, a suspected adulterer. At the end of the day, we're talking about sexual impropriety. What immediately comes afterwards? Uh, the Nazir. Uh, Sorry, what comes afterwards? Uh, 
divorce. Well, if we find out that she was sexually inappropriate, then divorce is the natural continuation. If she goes through the whole sort of process and lies and nonetheless demands that she's in, uh, uh, decries that she's innocent and is found to be guilty, then she explodes. And you know what the Konium shout when she, they run her out of the Bet Mikdash? Because if she dies in the Bet Mikdash, it's Tumavatarad. You know what they shout? No, they shout, She's gonna blow! Okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, that's actually a Tosefta. But, uh, yes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh, anyway, the Nazir said, the Gemara says, right? Haro'e sotab kilkula. Yazir atzmo. Minayisha, right? Minayayin. So it's so weird. The Gemara builds you up to a guy sees the sota and he basically says, Ooh, I'm not going anywhere near women. They're dangerous stuff. No, I'm not going anywhere near. Why? Because drunkenness can lead to sexual impropriety. So just stay away from sexuality. Don't stay away from wine. It's like saying, I'm, I got, really got a gambling addiction, so I'm going to stay away from potato chips because every time I gamble, I have potato chips. Yeah. That Gomorrah, to my understanding, is A, saying something about wine, but B, is also saying, yes, that would be the expected position, right? That is the Catholic position, that sin is sinful so we shall stay away from women who cause sin and so on and so forth the the the, the christian attitude to to femininity is extremely extremely unhealthy at its very core unlike the jewish one although it has influenced the jewish one as well that's one of the reasons why western society has such a syndrome when it comes to sexuality because they're really deeply messed up uh but coming back to our subject the nazir does not separate himself from the woman, right? Does not separate himself from having a family. And it's interesting to see, there, he's not exactly a Nazir, but it says with Shmuel, when his mother dedicates him to the Mikdash, it says, right? She says to Hashem, and he will be semi nazir He will not cut his hair. So Shmuel, if you imagine him as a character, was wearing a big long robe, right? It says, And he also had long flowing hair. So, he's Gandalf, yeah. He really is. And we talked about this last time, no? We talked about... Did we talk about it here? I think we did. Yeah, we talked about the concept... Exactly, with the concept of the every leader, always the, the hero of the story having some kind of mentor, right? We mentioned all sorts of stories have Gandalf, Dumbledore, and so on and so forth. King Arthur, Merlin. Exactly, same idea. Fine. Coming back to Shimshon. Now, Shimshon very instantly is born to be a Nazir. What does that mean? What's the big thing that is going to follow us through? What are the three things that the Nazir can't do? Wine, wine, wine. wine hair, and tumor. Now, coming back to Shimshon, we find an interesting 
story. It says, first of all, we're just going to very quickly tell the story of Shimshon. The story of Shimshon is his mother is sitting in a field. Along comes a malach and says, you're going to have a son. She was <coughs> barren, so she couldn't have a son. So it's a big chiddush. Her husband, and she says she's going to have a son. And this son is going to be very exciting. Right? And it says, don't eat anything tummy. Right? Now, fine. So she says, okay, fine. She goes to her husband and he says, by the way, this guy turned up and he said, I'm going to get pregnant, which is always very suspicious, right? But that's why we see her husband is quite suspicious. Don't drink wine. Don't eat anything so basically Manoach says oh yeah interesting the man comes again she runs to her husband and says he's back this, the Manoach goes out to uh, the field and says are you the guy that spoke to my wife right and he says yes he says what did you say to her he said what well, I said to her oh uh, Manoach doesn't strike one as a very um, intelligent in this, uh, in this story, especially as well, again, uh, he, he, very often he seems to uh, be quite a, a bit of a, a bit of a dunce, uh, and Chazal emphasizes. Sorry. Well, you could be malamitzot on each story, but there's a Chazalit Tarufa, as they say, and then Baikach Manoach, for example, when the lav, when suddenly the malach disappears in the flames. Right? As the Adam Manoach, Kimalach Hashem Hu, which is not surprising. We're going to die. Right? Because we've seen God. You idiot. He just said we're going to have a son. He's not going to kill us. Right? So shut up. Right? They wouldn't have told us all that. So there's even a joke, and for example, Chazar also, uh, to a certain degree, says, Vayakom Vayelech Manoach Achishto. So Manoach came up and went off to his wife, right? Like the wife leads him uh, is some kind of source of embarrassment to Manoach. Ad Kedikach, that there's a joke running in 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 the cur- in in Herzog, for example, and, and I've heard it from other people that really there's uh, there's Eshet uh, Manoach. Right, the characters of this parak, and there's Baala shel Eshet Manoach, right? Yeah. Manoach's wife's husband. So because it's yeah. ironic, sorry. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's it's a like kind of it's 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 a nerdy joke. It's a nerdy joke. Ho 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 ho. Fine, right? Exactly. All the t- old teachers need to have their jokes between them. Snigger, snigger. Exactly. Uh, fine. So anyway, now. It's very important. It says, now, listen carefully. What is going to happen with, what is the story of Shimshon? Again, what's the Nazir? The three things of a Nazir are? Hair, hair wine, wine tumma. and Tumah. Right? Tumah, which Tumah specifically? Yeah. Tumat Met. Are you like, so listen to this. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, here is, the, here is the recipe for Shimshon. 
Mikolas Shayitzim Megifan Ayayin Lo Yochal Vayayin Min Shechar Al Tisht. Right? So, what's the first one? No grape products. No grape products or wine. Similar to Vachol Tum'ah Al Tochal. And don't eat anything, Tami. Well, first of all, eating dead bodies is never a thing that is looked upon with great uh, <laughs> excitement. But yes, Nazirut Shimshon is a different type of Nazirut. And if you look, if you look in the Mishnayas in Masechet Nazir, they treat Nazirut Shimshon as something different. Shimshon here is not allowed to eat anything tame. But is he allowed to approach a dead body? Yes. 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 Will, Shimsh- Will Shimshon have anything to do with dead bodies? Well, we'll see. Okay, so, fine. Wait, hang on, he can't eat... Can he drink animals that have tummy? Yeah, I was going to say, can he drink dead bodies? The honey. The honey and the Well, that's a good question. First of all, it's a good question, but it seems to be that that's not eating davartama. Eating davartama usually implies nevela. That's usually what... Nevela is an animal that died, either carcass, or there's a difference between a nevela and a trefa. Nevela is an animal that died, and a carcass, and a trefa is an animal that was... Uh, attacked by other wild animals. So, like, kind of the difference Trade between uh, a carcass and roadkill, something like that, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, Fine. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And what's the point? No, well, eating called the Vartame could also mean eating something that ha- is, is Tame, as in there could also be another option, which is eating uh, just like an apple that has become Tame, or stuff like that. So, that's another option. But interestingly enough, there's no Indian of Tumat Met. Now, we see here, for example, Shimshon. We will see the two themes coming through the story of Shimshon. First of all, Shimshon, we continue to Perik. Yudalad, Shimshon is now uh, a grown man, and he decides he wants to marry a girl from Timna. The whole story of the Shidduch. His parents say, eh, Why don't you marry a nice Jewish girl? And he says, no, I like these Philistines. Uh, and so basically, right? What's that? The original Shidduch crisis. Uh, and so basically, we see very interestingly that, Tran Chazal put this out, Vayered Shimshon Ve'aviv Ve'imotimnata, Ve'yavau Ad Karmeitimnata. What is a Kerem? A vineyard. Now, can Shimshon go into vineyards? Yes. No. No, because... So it seems to that it seems that Shimshon, right? Because it says, So he's with his parents. And it says later he didn't even tell his parents about this whole incident. But suddenly, with the lion, he's not with his parents. So Chazal say, So Chazal say, Oh, vineyards? Not going anywhere near. Alright? Why do you need dead bodies? Because there's no problem with dead bodies. No problem with dead bodies. So the Chazal say, Chazal say, and the Chazal learn from this. If I'm not mistaken, that there's a whole, there's the whole being machmer on yourself and gather and jabanon. But he doesn't have any isra to touch dead bodies. It's not in his recipe. He's a different type of nazi. It's an isra to eat tuma food. Nothing to do with dead bodies. Well, yeah, so, then, then so it started. seems to Chazal say, biyachad. His parents continued, and he went around. That's how Chazal and Rashi explain this. Now, then there's the whole story of the lion. And uh, it's very interesting because, and this is a whole different shir, but I heard a whole shir, there's all sorts of analysis. Shimshon is, to a certain degree, 
the uh, archetype of a Greek hero, right? There's everything that you have, Greek hero, and even better than that, he is in many ways the equivalent, Jewish equivalent of Hercules. Right, a lot of the things that happened to Hercules happened to Shimshan, and there are a lot of analysis, the supernatural strength, the tragic, the tearing down buildings and tearing animals in half. And that exactly is one of the things that people talk about very strongly, the idea of fighting the beasts and so on and so forth. Who else fights beasts in Tanakh? And you get real brownie points if you know this. Who else fights a lion in Tanakh? There are two people that fight a lion in Tanakh. Daniel no, no, Daniel doesn't fight the lion. I'm saying so. Who takes on a lion and kills it? Wait. Oh. Oh. No. It's in the schmools. It's in the schmools. So there's the Kushans, and they are killed by lions. Very good. No, no, there's no, also no. a. There's. What? It, it, it's like two people, it's a king. So there's all sorts of interesting. There's there's um, there's a question of the Ari uh, talking about maybe they killed them. Maybe one of the kings had a pet lion. There's talking about that's with Yirmiyahu. That's in Sefer Yirmiyahu in the end of Melachim. But there is Vagamita Ari Hikaba Bor Biomashalik, right? Ben Yau Ben Yoyada, who is one of the her- heroes of David Melech. He kills a lion. Right? And David Melech himself also says to Shaul, don't look at me like a schnip who's going to fight Goliath. Right? I've killed lions and bears in my time. Oh my. You know? So basically... I've killed lions. <laughs> I've killed lions. Alright, fine. Shimshon continues and we're going to go through. But I'm going to skip through a lot of the stories of Shimshon. He has a lot of intrigues with Plishtim. The reason why... Um, Shimshon is someone who Chazal give a lot of mikoret to, right? Shimshon is a character in Chazal that there are those who love him and there are those who hate him, okay? And even more so in the Machshevet Israel, there are those who see Shimshon as a hero and there are those that see Shimshon as a complete anti-hero, a complete failure. What is Shimshon's Achilles heel? The ladies. Injustice. I mean, people doing things wrong. People doing things wrong is what not is not what brings down Shimshon. And Achilles' heel is you know what the story of the Achilles' heel is. What what does it mean? Right? What dandem mean? The plishtim. Well, the plishtim are the instrument through which Shimshon is done in. The ladies. Exactly. The shikses, especially the shikses. Shikses. There are also his parents were right. All right. And well. It's exactly, that's, that's the crux, because there are all sorts of different ways of understanding the Pasuk, Kito right? whether that was Shimshon's plan, and one of the explanations is that Shimshon basically said, listen, I need to be a secret agent. I'm going to infiltrate the Plishti camp. And we see him hanging out with the Plishti most of his stories. He's having banquets with them, getting married with them, He's hanging around their cities, Aza, and so on and so forth. He's a Plishti. That's what he is. And one of the reasons, by the way, that people emphasize his connection to Greek mythology is because the Plishtim were Greek. The Plishtim came from Cyprus, <coughs> right? From the Greek, Grecian islands. And there were certain 
uh, to, or that's one of the theories at least. And they were a seafaring faring, uh, people that were washed ashore on the banks of the Mediterranean from the uh, islands of western, the, the, the eastern Mediterranean. Okay? So do we think that Hercules is just Shimshon but written differently about the Greek perspective? No. Shimshon is probably Hercules but written differently. No, it's not Kfira. The Tanakh speaks the Loshon Bnei Adam, right? And you can either understand it from the Kfira aspect of someone wrote the story based on Hercules, or you can understand it that Shimshon is fighting in the Plishti camp. So the, 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 he becomes the cultural narrative, right? For example, if you have a female politician, right, in America, who manages to change the system and break the chains. What are people going to call her? Wonder Woman, right? Now, does that mean that the story of Wonder Woman was made about her? No, it's the cultural references. It's the cultural understandings. Shimshon, to a certain degree, is the fault. Is, is the, the way his story is written is also reflecting that, but also maybe it's within the cultural, under, the, the cultural language, he plays into that role. And if you study the difference between Hercules and Shimshon, he's making a point. Shimshon is making a point. And he's Dafka doing the Greek thing, but differently. Wait, they're not the same person? No, of course they're not the same person. Oh, I thought they were the same person, but they were in a one way we were in No. I think the story is written with the themes. Again, don't forget, Hercules is not a Disney character, right? The, the myth of Hercules is one of the most ancient Greek myths. The Greek myths were a plethora of, of genre that, that just went through hundreds and hundreds of years of Greek traditions. It could well be that the Plishtim had a certain tradition of Greek myth. Again, if you actually study Greek mythology, you understand it's actually a theology more than a mythology. Mythology is theology. It's a study of gods. So the, the, the Herculean understanding of the role of man, the role of God, the role of luck, the role of fate, the role of heroism, all these things are themes. And the story of Shimshon is written in that theme, but challenging that theme. Hercules is a demigod, which means that he is born of a son of God and man, right? This theme of God having a child with a woman is also known to us from Christianity, in which the story goes that a malach appears to a woman and says that you are going to have a child. So you see, there's all sorts of themes, but not, because here he is the son of a woman and... A man. As in, he is very He's human. Definitely not a god. <laughs> exactly. But he has Ruach Hashem. He has the power. He has the strength. So it's, it's, it's a foil for the story of Hercules. There's a lot of, a lot of counterculture going on. Fine. So, as we mentioned, the downfall of Shimshon is in the very realm that Nizirut does not apply. And it's very interesting because... Shimshon really loses every time because of woman. Nearly every single time he's brought down is because of his sexual energy, which is just misspent. He is a wild card. 
he he he's out of control. Shimshon is 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 the the guy who's who, he's the, he's the Green Hulk. He's tearing off his shirt and and just going rampage around the Plishti camp with a jawbone. Okay, he's he he, he he's he's. If you've ever seen a jawbone of an of an ass. Uh, it's, 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 it's one of the, it's a very large, very, very tough bone. And there are even those that claim that in the jawbone there are teeth as well, which are sharp. So you can... And he grabbed onto it? He grabbed onto it. He's, he's got a, he, he's got... No, it's not, it's not boomerang. Although if you want to look up on there, the Christians who like doing all sorts of Hollywood stunts have made all sorts of stupid stories about Shimshon, right? Making him some kind of superhuman kind of but at the end of the day yes that's what he's doing this guy is very impulsive that's shimshon he's impulsive in he's saying like i want to marry her well why don't you stop to think about it no i want to marry her he meets a lion he tears him in half right he 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 is yeah he's out of control that's the point he's basically and that's the reason why I chose the Mashal. He's like a Tasmanian devil, just whirlwinding through the Plishti camp. Just like kind of going, right? And he's hairy as well, which helps. Looney Tunes version. Looney Tunes version. Well, he is the equivalent of the fake version. Again, this is the, if you look at Shimshon and you read through the story, you see that he's extremely impulsive. He's also impulsive with a relationship to Hagel Shmarch, right? For example, we see... In Perik Tetvav, right? Even the, the term Vaishlachyado means he grabs it, right? Vaishlachyado Vaikachya, right? And then he Vayachba Elif Ish, and he sings a song. Vayom Shimshon, Belechia Hamor, Hamor, Hamor time, Belechia Hamor, Eketi Elif Ish, Vaikichalatola the bear, and when he finishes speaking, Vaishlechalechim Yadon, he throws it away. Right? And he's very thirsty. You just helped me win. I'm going to die of thirst. Right? And I'm going to lose. Right? And he drinks the water from the lake. He's just like kind of... Shimshon is an explosive chap. That's one of the reasons why he can't hold down a relationship. He's married three times, more or less. Okay? He's married to a woman, and then he gives them a riddle. And they basically manage to use his wife to drive him nuts. And so he, they found out the riddle. So he leaves. The riddle is basically, it, it, there's a whole study to be made of Shimshon. We're learning Bikyut, we're not learning Yun. But this, the riddle is basically, I just killed the lion, and I came back a year later, and I found that there was honey that had nestled in the lion, so there's mi'az from the strong, yetzamatok, came sweet, which is a riddle. And even then, by the way, the Greek mythology is full of riddles. Again, it's another theme that's coming through. A riddle said at a banquet. The tragedy, the involved, the lies, the, 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 the intrigues, the politics, the, the, the woman lying to him, crying to him, saying, you don't love me anymore, right? And driving him nuts, and the hero going, oh, leave me alone, right? It's, it's very Greek tragedy. Shimshon then, again, likewise, he gets angry. He walks to Azat. 
Vayasham Ishazona. He sees a harlot. So he has relations with her. Right? Right? And so the, uh, the people of Aza basically set an ambush for him. And so he sleeps for half the night. And then he wakes up. And he wakes up in the middle of night. So he picks up the gates, puts them on his shoulder, right? He doesn't move them aside. He walks on a hike to the hill opposite Hebron. Now we're in Aza, and he walks to Hebron, or at least to a hill opposite Hebron. Right? This guy is just out of control, and so you can imagine the plishtim are basically going like, oh, "What the heck is going on?" Right? That's one of the reasons why they're so happy when they've caught him. Right? Because this guy is basically running riot through their town. And he just falls in love with a woman. This, and they say, and so basically she manages to, 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 to manipulate him. And then again, this guy is so trapped by his love, his wife basically says, tell me what makes you strong, as in, what's your biggest weakness? Okay, and then she, he says, if you tie me to the bed. So she ties him to the bed. Okay. And then she brings the plishtim. Okay. As in, she brings his biggest enemies. Vatomer, plishtim. Oh, sorry. She doesn't bring his biggest enemies. Um, she, she says, plishtim alecha shimshon. Right? You're under attack. Now, what kind of woman does that to you? And he... Goes back to living with her. He continues. He's in an unhealthy relationship. And it stays. This happens three times, by the way. And then his wife actually betrays him. Just for example, uh, he, there's a lot of very... He, 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 his, the Plishtim get all angry with... Uh, the Plishtim get all... Uh, the Plishtim give away his wife to someone else. So he burns all the fields. It's like, this guy is... He does a really coolie really because he's a cool dude at the end of the day. But he's a pretty wild cool dude. And at the end, we see, for example, he has a pretty tragic ending. And uh, Chazal say that his tragic ending, he brought upon himself. Where was he killed in the end? In Aza. Right? Well, first of all, literally, he did bring it upon himself. But he said, they said it's, it's his fault. Right? What the, the Chazal say, and I looked up the Midrashim before, and the Chazal say that he started with a harlot in Aza, so he met his downfall in Aza. Right? And they say, Chazal say, Velota Turu, what's the continuation of the Pazuk? Right? Just so you know, by the way, Velota Turu, what's the difference between Levavchem and Enichem? Well, first of all, what is Levavchem? Hard. Well, actually, in Tanakh, the hard is the mind, right? The mind. So, hang on, isn't it like Levavchem is like sort of like uh, ideals and then like Enichem is like. Exactly. So, exactly. That's the difference. Levavchem is Avodah having all sorts of doubts, all sorts of thoughts. And Enichem is literally Enichem, right? Not to be drawn by your eyes, right? 
Exactly. And Chazal say that's why he writes Vayar Isha Zona. He saw a woman Vayavayla. He was drawn to it by his eyes. His eyes were taken out. Exactly. So we see now we're going to end the story of Shimshon because we are running out of time. At the very end of the story, he is between the pillars. His hair starts to grow back. He's coming back to Judaism. Interestingly enough, where is he? The equivalent of? He's in the arena. Okay? Exactly. He's in the arena. He's a gladiator. That's Roman, but even then, the Greeks, the Greeks had theatres, right? He is tied to the pillars of the theatre. By the way, do you know what a Greek theatre looks like? Let's see if we have time. It's a semicircle, and in the front, what is there? Pillars. It's very interesting. In the front, there are pillars. Uh, and you can see Greek theatres around the world, or mostly around Greece. Uh, and He takes these pillars... He brings him down upon himself. And even then, even his death is an impulsive... Right? Even his death is dramatic. dramatic. It's strength. It's, it's an explosion. He goes out with a bang. Shimshon is a burning desire, energy, whirlwind, roaring, hairy monster rampaging through the Pleshti camp. Now... Is this the ideal leader of the Jewish people? No. Sorry? No. Even though there are there are Psukim that say at the very end, right? Right? He was a Shafet 20 years. So there there are those that say that maybe there's more stuff that happened in Shimshon's life. Maybe not. There's all sorts of stuff we didn't touch on, which we might touch on in all sorts of Haklatot that I'll send through. But either way, it's time for Marv. And just want to end with this. Sefer Shoftim is coming to a close, right? We're in the last few chapters of Sefer Shoftim, and we'll see it goes from bad to worse, and there's no surprise that the last Shofet is in many ways a complete and utter disaster.